You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. You're listening to Episode 13 of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, brought to you by Onyx Hunt. My name is Parker McDonald, and today we are speaking with Ben Davis of Sawbriar Outdoors. We dive deep into the realm of filming your hunt, as well as some of the rewards and challenges you face when trying to get your adventure on camera. This is Southern Ground, and thanks for tuning in. So we are sitting here with Mr. Blake Eccles and Michael Pike here again. Um, me and Mike went to scout today on some property, and so he's just hanging out with us for a little bit. So what have you guys been up to, Blake? Dude, not much. Just uh, working. I did go on a sweet fishing trip, though. A, I, and I would say a backcountry fishing trip Ooh. in Alabama. It's like the you are the, it is the back backcountry hunters and anglers part like it, all yeah. I see of backcountry hunters and anglers most of the time is hunters, hunters. yeah yeah, yeah. sounds like and that's really backcountry from from the story you was telling us earlier yeah yeah it's like you can't find backcountry in Alabama right but right. but you can if you like if you look for it and if you go far enough out and it was sweet that day I mean we fished for eight hours ish or so and dude we ran into like one family where the trail like just went straight to the water you know and after we got off the trail dude it was it was awesome so it was in the little the little river canyon area if anybody knows where that's at and you're doing fly fishing right yeah fly fishing dude the creek was probably 20 30 feet across in the at the widest point oh man yeah, it was sweet, man. So you, sweet. so you, what? Explain kind of what you're doing. Um, what Ben's, you and Ben are like going out and trying to catch a fish on every small waterway in Alabama. Is that kind of? Uh, I mean, sort of. Like we're trying to go to a new place every month, and, and we're filming it, and we want to hopefully, like sooner or later, turn that into a small documentary with the idea that it's like not that hard to do to get more people out. Uh, using the public land that we have here in Alabama and just kind of showing people that, hey, all you got to do is do walk it. out there to the creek. You know, it's your creek, too. And uh, so anyway, we're kind of trying to showcase that. Just, and we're trying to get out once a month to go to a new place uh, instead of just because we just get wrapped up in everyday life, you know, and, yeah. and just don't do as much stuff. So we kind of said, all right, every month this year, we're going to go out. We're going to film it. We're going to try to catch a fish. So that's so cool. We've done. Yeah, that's we've, cool. we've caught a fish every place so far. So this place, man, we caught a bunch of red eye bass, which I'm not sure if you're real yeah. familiar with those, but yeah. beautiful, man. Like the, you know, they got the blue on the bottom of their lips. I mean, just absolutely beautiful. That's so we caught a bunch of those, some long ear sunfish, which are just, just look that up. Just Google long ear sunfish. They're freaking beautiful, man. That's amazing. Huh. Yeah. Cool so stuff. top that Mike. Yeah, so uh, I got got to spend about uh, four hours just paddling. Paddling. That was it, just paddling. So me and and Michael today, we went out to uh, the lake and scouted a piece of property that um, I've been to during turkey season, but I really wanted to try to break it down for deer. And uh, so we borrowed a kayak for Michael to use. And I told him, I was like, bro, this is going to be a tough paddle. It's going to be long. Well, the problem was is that yesterday was July 4th, 
and you still had some July July Fourthers, July Fourthin on the lake. <laughs> oh yeah, they with were, their they wakeboards were out and oh my god, <laughs> so y'all were man. out there racing the wake boats, huh? Yes, and it was fine this morning. Like the water was smooth this morning. We get out there, nobody was really there. Um, yeah, we, we got it there like six thirty, I think. We were, out in the, we were right in the middle of the lake. Yeah, I mean, just paddling, just easy going. You know, the water's just flat as can be. Coming out, we had the wind <laughs> in our face, blowing us backwards, and then we had every wakeboard boat on Smith Lake that was coming by, dragging their kids, waving were, American flags. Yeah, <laughs> they, were, they were drinking Bud Light. Yep, they were doing just, all this, twisting back and forth, trying to sling them off of uh, off of inner tubes, and we're, I mean, I was having to tell. You know, Parker, I was like, hey, man, I was like, watch this boat coming up on your backside over here. He's like, yeah, man, I got you. <laughs> Y'all waving your paddle, yeah, oh, buckling your life jackets. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it was it was fun. Michael, can you, like, scoot up a little bit more? Yeah. He's, like, super loud. Me and him are both super loud. But anyway, so. because I'm making out with this microphone. Yeah, right now. That's what it like looks like. <laughs> face straight in the mic. I bury my face into it. Oh, man. So, man, we went up into this little area, though. It's, like, three miles. What time? It was, how long did you say, like an hour, it was hour about and 20? An, yeah, it was about an hour and 20, hour and 30 minute paddle. That's a long paddle, it's a, man. It's hardcore, yeah, yeah. bro. Hey, you, you ready to do that at about 4 a.m.? 3.34? No, 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 so we added the time We up. added he's the gonna time have up. To, he's basically going to have to leave the house at midnight. <laughs> No lie. This is not this is not a joke, guys. This is no lie. It's like it was like four and a half or five hours. Basically we we took because the time it was when we said we had gotten to where we were gonna be at, like where probably we'd hunt at over there. Um we had we from that point we looked at the time to the point that we were we got back to my house. Okay. And it was like almost five hours. Dude, that's yeah. a long <laughs> It was, hey, you just camp out in the truck. It was bro. a thirty-minute hike zigzagging this creek because of bluffs on each side, yeah. all the way just to the water, and then you have an hour and a half paddle. I mean, that's two hours just right there. I mean, that's that's not even including. That's just from when you put in and start paddling. That that's not even getting a stand set up either. I yeah, mean, you tack on Dude. some more time with that. I mean, you're looking. You, Imagine you, dragging a deer out. I told him, I said, there's no way. I said, not for a one day. Not <laughs> yeah. for a, we. You're not going out there for like a morning hunt and be like, yeah, you're going to spend like, you know. <laughs> I'm going to get back before work. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you called me and Mike say, hey, boys, <laughs> I got a job for you. <laughs> yeah. But it was it was pretty cool. Um, found a lot of good deer sign. I wish I knew there was good deer sign in there from turkey season, but. Yeah, I'm going to let you do all that work, all that pregame, and I'm going to, like, yeah. pull up in a bass boat, and I'm going to drop in and be like, <laughs> Bow, and beat you to the stand. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was, it was, uh, <laughs> we we decided that we could probably get to Kentucky faster. Honestly. <laughs> Not <in> Kentucky. Honestly. <laughs> That's good. That, yeah, it's yeah. for real, though. You could be in Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, the, like, that wasn't a joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah no no lie. From no, Coleman, yeah. we could get to Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> and hunt a spot just, you know, right off the road. In, Dude, that's so funny. You know, it'd like be, probably see deer. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd, you'd see a lot what more deer. What the freak am I doing, man? I, I told him, I was like, I don't know, dude. <laughs> I've got to come out on this one. Dude, think about if you shot a deer back there. Now, I, I hope that it's a big one. But think about if you shot a big deer back there. When you're like 80, sitting on the couch, telling your grandkids about that deer, be like, boys. That that's what I've been trying to say I, the whole time. Yeah. That's why I do it. Yeah, man. Like, yeah, I okay. Him, I, if, I, I told him if not, I said it's gonna be a complete buzzkill and your season's over. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he asked me the question. He said, "So, 
if a landowner, because this piece of property is landlocked, you cannot get to it from the land. I've looked, like I've been over there. I've driven on the road to where you could access, and there's a locked gate. You can't get to it. Um, but he's like, if you got landowner permission to cross through, would you still t- kayak in? And I was like, absolutely, I would. I'll blame because, you, man. Because, it, I mean, anybody can do this. Like, it's not much of a story when you say, I d- drove up, got out, and hunted. But everything we just said, everything we just said about a scouting trip was more exciting <laughs> than a lot of people shooting deer. That's true, stories. man. What if, That's like, true. you had, like, a unicycle, and you could unicycle in... <laughs> <laughs> from the landowner's property, <laughs> would you still kayak? Uh, I don't know. I'd just like to see you on a unicycle. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see me. <laughs> That'd be a beautiful sight. <laughs> I'd like to see me on a unicycle, too. I don't I don't know that I could do uh. it. But we had fun, man. It was a good time. I can't wait until deer season. Like, random times today, we'd be like, bro, how pumped are you about this season? Yeah, yeah. sure. I mean, less than 60 days. Yeah. No, we to go to uh, Kentucky. To Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah, if you'll we'll step up and go, Blake. Hey, I know. Hey, dude, I got it bookmarked on my computer. I'm, I, if I can go, I'm buying a tag. I'm not just hanging out. I'm oh, kill, yeah. I'm going to kill something. Oh, yeah, kill something, <laughs> for sure. But 60 gonna, days, man, that puts it in perspective. It's coming up. Yes, sir. That's coming up. Hey, some parts of Florida right now, they're they're about mm. to start like at the end of this month. Yeah. yeah. Mm. In July. That's, That's cra- crazy. That's oh, nuts. I didn't know that. That would be some hot weather. <laughs> mm. Mm. I'd probably do it. But you know, uh, Tennessee's got that new, um, that new velvet hunt that they're doing for three days. Right. It's Dude, like no. three days in August. They're doing a velvet hunt, like a velvet buck hunt, mm-hmm. and it still counts on all your tags and stuff for Tennessee. Now is that is that just private only? It's only private land. Okay. You can't do it on public. If if you could do it on public, I would do it. Yeah, I, would I think everybody a, would. I would buy a Tennessee tag. That'd be fun. Yeah, That'd be neat. I'd, I'd love to do it. But anyways, uh, we got a pretty cool show today. We are talking to Ben Davis of Sawbriar Outdoors. He's got a YouTube channel, which is pretty sweet YouTube channel. He's, yeah, uh, he's got some good content. He's awesome. He's got, um, he's from, he hunts South Alabama area. And man, the dude just slays deer. He's, he's pretty cool. I got to talk to him the other day. For the first time, actually talking to him on the phone, so I'm I'm pretty excited about this conversation. Yeah, yeah I'm too. So, you guys have anything else? Oh, I know what we can talk about. What's that? This right here on my shirt. I am wearing my Go Wild shirt today, and it looks good on you, man. Hey, hey man, can you get it. us one? I don't. I, I, Blake's the one who got it for me. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. How I got it from John Hunter. One of one. Of, I think he's part owner in Go Wild or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he's a co-founder. I'm co-founder. Sure. Okay, yeah. Dude, I was mowing a yard on Smith Lake, and John was staying at a place out there for a fishing tournament, and he was like, "Oh man, I got some shirts in the truck. Let me get you some." And so yeah, that's how we got our Go Wild shirts. How <laughs> so, random is that? So that's random. Cool. <laughs> Just mowing his yard. <laughs> I just, yeah, I was mo- and his battery died, and I was like, "Oh man, guys might need some jumper cables." But yeah, so anyway, got some t-shirts out of it. That's man, awesome. <laughs> I have seen some really cool stuff on Go Wild lately. So um, there's a guy I'm not going to mention by name because I didn't ask his permission first. But he's from Oklahoma, and he killed this giant, giant deer. I, th- I think it was last year on public land. And uh, I really want to get him on. I talked to him about coming on the show. But that's just the kind of stuff on here, man, on on Go Wild. Like, you can literally look at whatever you want to look at, which is something we haven't really addressed on here. Like, if I don't really care about trout fishing, I don't have to follow the trout fishing. But if you love trout fishing, you can go look and follow anybody that posts anything under trout fishing. 
Right. Yes, that's awesome, man. Which is really, really cool. Yeah. And um, you know, I've I've been on there. I go on there every single day. I was telling you guys earlier, my dad, who was on the on the podcast uh, a couple episodes ago, he don't even post anything to Facebook anymore. <laughs> he's like bump Facebook. He's like, do you see my do you see my post on Go Wild? <laughs> that's awesome. I'm like, man. yeah, I saw your post on Go Wild, and he's just telling stories and stuff. It's cool, and it's just a really great community. Me and Michael are going up to uh, Kentucky. What was it two weeks? Yeah, so what? Going July to Louisville? 18th? Yeah. Yeah. For the, I think it's actually called the Wolfpack Rendezvous. That's go Wild awesome. Wolfpack Rendezvous. Yeah, it's going to be pretty sweet. So we're going to go scout some area in Kentucky and then jump up to Louisville and hang out with those guys for a little bit. So if you are in the area, I think this is open to anybody and everybody that wants to go. Go to Go Wild. Actually, you could you could go to the Go Wild website. I have it up on there. Or just download Go Wild on your phone. Check it out. And you'll see the post about the about the rendezvous so it's gonna be pretty fun i'm looking forward to it if you're in the area um and you're listening to this and you're looking for something to do on a wednesday night go check it out it's gonna be fun you'll get to see us we'll we'll hang out and have some fun <laughs> yeah, I don't know about y'all, but I'm tired right you, now, dude. You look tired. I'm. I, you got a, You got a tan. A, a good farmer's tan. Going. Oh, dude. Yeah. yeah. I, I spent told, two days on the lake, so that's where yeah. all that tired comes from. Yesterday I, I went slalom skiing, and then today I battled all the slalom skiers <laughs> <laughs> for four hours. My chest, dude. My chest and my uh, back and shoulders. Man, I can feel it. Nice. No lie. Killed you. Yeah. Getting old, boys. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure that Ben is going to kill this interview. So let's get to our conversation with Mr. Ben Davis of Sawbriar Outdoors. All right. And on the line now with me, I have got Mr. Ben Davis of Sawbriar Outdoors. Ben, how's it going, man? Hey, man. Going great. How you doing? We're doing really, really good. So how about you, man? Did you have a good fourth? Man, we did. We just kind of kept it low-key and ate some good food, hung out with the family and all that sort of thing. That's that's the way to do it, man. That's uh, That sounds relaxing to me. Yeah, you had some uh, you had some hogs, didn't you? Didn't you have some? Yeah, we uh, we went and trapped some pigs the other day. And I tell you, man, those things are they're just kind of taking over South Alabama and trying to do our part, even though it's hot and humid outside. You know, if you just leave them alone for six months or whatever, they just take over. So, yep. oh, we're yeah. trying to trying to knock those things back uh, as good as we can. I saw that. I saw the picture you posted. Y'all had what was it, about a dozen of them, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, seems like it was. We, I think, we're at like twenty one so far for the summer. Wow. And about twenty one thousand to go. So, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say yeah. you might make a slight dent in it. <laughs> Yeah, it's tough, man. We've got, I think, three traps running now, and and uh, between that and hunting when you can, it's just, you know, it's tough. But, you know, do the best you can with it. Absolutely. All right, so you kind of gave that away, Ben, that you uh, live in South Alabama, but I'm interested to know, and I'm sure some of our li- listeners are interested to know as well, um, a little bit about you, man, your background, your where you live at, and um, what you do for a living, and maybe a little bit about your family as well. Yeah, sure thing, man. I live in Helena, Alabama, which is kind of central Alabama, just south of Birmingham. And uh, I'm married to a, a wonderful woman that, you know, she puts up with my stuff and, and lets me go uh, hunting and fishing and enjoy the great outdoors. And I'm just glad that she uh, is very understanding about that. 
And uh, we have two kids. We have uh, Finley, my little girl. She's six. And Banks, my little boy. He's three. And, uh, man, they're just great kids. And I'm, I'm blessed uh, to have a wonderful family, that's for sure. Man, it sounds and like it. Yes, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got you some and, uh, uh, future hunters coming up, right? Oh, man, I hope so. My little boy, he's been he's been practicing, or they've both been practicing with their bow here lately. You know, if I get out and shoot, they want to jump out there and shoot their bows and and uh man i'll tell you that's been pretty uh adventurous uh to say the least but they're coming along with it and seem to enjoy it so. that's awesome and i'm a uh, a wholesale rep for a, a hpac manufacturer so um i'm in sales and that's um great job and you know sort of flexible but it's still a, a job like anybody else has got so i you know i have to balance working and family with the hunting and fishing stuff so it's Something that we can probably all relate to. Absolutely, I know I can. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't. Name. I don't think I'm good at it either. So. <laughs> oh man, that's tough. I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> yep. So man, that's that's cool. I, I always like I always like having uh, people from Alabama on the show. It's just uh, you know it's nice to have something you all kind of have something in common um, when you come together, you know, we all live in the same state where we're interested in the same stuff. And we're also, we hunt similar styles, which we're actually going to get, um, we're going to talk about that a lot, a lot about mobile hunting here in just a little bit, but I want to talk first about, uh, wh what you've been doing on YouTube. You've got this YouTube channel called Sawbriar Outdoors. And I actually came up on your channel, um, because I watch all kinds of stuff on YouTube. I watch all kinds of hunting videos, um, but it was like very specific. Sometimes I get really specific in my YouTube searches and it was like, um, Alabama, Al I don't care, Alabama public land deer hunting or something like that. And your videos pulled up, uh, which was really, really cool to see. And that's kind of how we connected. I saw your videos and I was like, man, got to have this guy on the show. So tell us a little bit about Sawbriar and what that is. Yeah, man, that's, uh, you know, I just, I made the commitment, uh, I guess about a year ago to start filming my hunts and, uh, and I'll tell you, it's been, it's been a, uh, an adventure for sure. But so I started filming them and, and really for more of personal reasons to begin with, you know, and then I thought, well, Hey, I'll, I'll put it out there on YouTube because, you know, guys like myself will probably want to watch it. I'm like you, I'm, I'm always on YouTube or something searching, trying to find some more relatable type content to watch and uh i thought hey you know guys like me will probably want to see what i'm up to and join in on some of the adventures and yeah, it's been pretty cool uh, it's been uh been challenging but it's been a lot of fun and, and very rewarding and so yeah it's it's um it's just a youtube page right now where you can go and and check out some alabama hunting fishing and you know a little bit of how-to stuff that's cool i know i saw one video that you did that was really neat and we're going to talk about this video specifically here in a little bit but um i think the first video i saw from you was uh where you took your old your very first bow that you had i think it was a pse yes it was and uh it's kind of a cool story behind it if you want to hear it but yeah i do um yeah so basically uh you know i got started hunting bow hunting and i got that pse bow and i used it for for quite a while and you know as, as the times change you know technology changes and i wanted a, a newer bow and I wound up selling that bow to a buddy of mine, and that's been, gosh, a long time ago. And I just got to thinking, you know, I thought, man, I'd like to have that bow back, that you know, just for sentimental reasons or whatever. And 
And uh, I called my buddy. And I said, hey, man, you still have that bow? And he did. And I actually had to do some some horse trading to get it back. But I wound up getting the, the bow back from my buddy. And, uh, you know, it just kind of turned into, a, well, let me go and shoot it just to, for old time's sakes, you know. And I dug around and found some old aluminum arrows and all that. I thought, man, it would be cool to video myself killing a deer with this bow that I hadn't used in, you know, 15 years or 10 or whatever it was. And so that's exactly what I did. You know, I set out to do it just kind of like how I would have done it, uh, you know, all those years ago. And I, I scrounged around through all the old stuff I had and found some lunum arrows and some old broadheads and, and had to, you know, recite the bow in and all that. And, and man, I tell you, going back and shooting something, uh, in archer equipment, you know, things change so much just year to year. I mean, when you start looking at a decade ago or more, man, it's, it's a big difference. Yeah. And uh, it was a whole lot louder and, you know, not as fast and all those sort of things. But so, yeah, that's what I did. I went and, uh, got me a deer with that bow and used my old tree stand, old camouflage, old bow, old broadheads. And, and, uh, man, I tell you that video really took off online. You know, I just put it out there like I did the others and, and one day it just took off and it's got, I think over 270,000 views now. Wow. So yeah, I guess it hit a nerve with, with guys like us, you know, that kind of can reminisce about the old, what it was like when we first started. Yeah. You were talking about your kids earlier, uh, and shooting the bow. Uh, that's one of my best memories of being with, you know, my dad in the backyard and we were shooting out of hay bale and he used to shoot instinctive and, um, and that's what I've just tried. Uh, it takes me back to that time when, when, you know, when we used to spend out in the backyard and, you know, shooting at that hay bale, you know, so I, I'm trying to incorporate it. it. Sure can't be any worse than my shot with a peep in a sight. So, uh, but yeah, I, that's, that's really cool. Like taking it back, you know, like you did. I think, it, I think one of the cool things about that is like, I know if you're anything like me, Ben, there's like certain things that I, hunt with like I have a rifle that I hunt with that my dad got me when I was 10 years old and it was it's a .30-06 he bought it at a pawn shop so he bought it used and uh and I still use it to this day and I love it because it I just get this feeling when I shoot a deer with it it's like I feel I know there's better guns out there I could get a better gun out there but there's just a specific feeling that I get when I shoot that gun that's like it's kind of a legacy type feeling like this is what got me started and so I can totally understand why that hit you know, the heartstrings of some people, um, across the world. It's hard to explain that, but there's just a a feeling that you get when you use something that that means something to you with a, you know, sentimental value. And, and, uh, it's it's just really cool. Um, and it was cool just to do it myself. And then it was even cooler, I guess, to see people respond to that. And it means something to other people. And, you know, I got some good feedback on that. And that was, it was really neat, man. Yeah, I'm I'm a I was a fan of that video. That was actually the first one that I ever saw, like I said, and um man, it, it's so cool. I love I love your channel. I feel like you're a great representation of the South in the in the way that you hunt um and in Alabama especially. Um but I wanted to know, I was curious to know, have you ever hunted any other states? Yes, um as far as deer hunting, I've only hunted out of state once and i went to kansas and killed the biggest deer in my life on the second day <laughs> wow so it's uh yeah it was it was pretty awesome man i tell you i see what i see what the hype's about you know it's it's almost like a different animal out there now did you go with your uh with your buddy simon 
on that one or was that or did he just follow in your footsteps uh on that out-of-state kansas trip uh no his was a little bit different than mine mine i went with a buddy of mine from college that uh happened to move out there and lease some land and um you know got into hunting the midwest and you know we always kind of talked about hey you need to come out here and that sort of thing and i finally went and we made a deal and went out there and hunted um a private farm that just that he had leased up and i actually went during the early muzzleloader season you know they have a the early muzzleloader season comes in like mid-september and i thought well if i'm gonna go i feel like you know if i can go when the deer are on the summer pattern i may have a good opportunity of intercepting one of these bucks you know coming to a bean field or or whatnot and uh man it, it was just it was awesome i really enjoyed it out there that's cool i'd like to get out to kansas at some point i know uh, I know we talk about it a lot. Yeah, right I just now. want to get out of Alabama. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> man, we talk about it. We, we, me and Michael have a trip to Kentucky planned, and I know listeners are probably tired of us talking about it, but that's like all I can think about right now. Yeah. So those out-of-state trips, man, those are you just never really know what could actually happen. And so, and like, did you say that was the biggest deer of your life you killed in Kansas? It was. Uh, I had it. Well, a buddy of mine scored it like. 155 and some change i don't wow. know, necessarily get into the deer scoring thing i hadn't sure. had it officially scored but it it was a big one <laughs> i know that that's, anything i'd ever seen that's cool man 155 inch deer is a big deer anywhere yeah. that's uh that yeah. sounds like it was a blast but um so that kind of is a great seg- segue in the next question that i have for you um and and what we're doing right here is we're just giving listeners an opportunity to get to know who exactly we're talking about the things that they can relate to uh, you in, and I think there's going to be a lot of those things. Um, but I just had kind of a question, you know, you've killed a lot of good deer, you know, and, and even since you started filming, uh, you've killed great deer since you started putting stuff on YouTube. And, um, and I know there's something to that, you know, any, any guy that you meet that is, is consistently being able to be on big deer is doing something right. So what, is it exactly that you think separates you from um, other hunters? Maybe it's in the way that you hunt or maybe it's in your scent control uh, process or, or anything like that. What do you think it is that separates you and makes you able to do that kind of stuff? Well, hey, man, I appreciate the compliment. You know, it's not just one thing. There's no uh, secret formula to, to deer hunting, I don't believe. Um, but, you know, it's just um, an evolution of learning. And I was blessed, you know, the Lord's blessed me throughout my whole life to put people in my path along the way that have taught me a lot. And, you know, when you, when I was young and I I just have been infatuated with hunting my whole life and I wanted to soak up all the knowledge I could. And I was, you know, like I said, people along the way have shown me things and I really just took that to heart and, and appreciate that. And two, you know, it was just, reading all I could read and, and just absorbing information any way I could. And, you know, once you kind of start doing it for so long, you, you realize what works and what doesn't work. And you take a little here and you take a little there and you put it all together. And, and it's really, you know, it's a big, big puzzle and there's lots of little pieces, but i tell you one of the, one of the things that has really made a difference in the past several years is, well, kind of going back to my, my Kansas hunt, when I was going out there, I said, hey, you know, I need to get me a more mobile setup, something that I can kind of run and gun with because I didn't really know what to expect. And um, so I, I 
got on YouTube and all these places and started searching. And I, I ran across a, a man named Warren Womack. I don't know if y'all are familiar with him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Nope, never heard yeah. of him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, man, that, that guy's a legend, but he's a he's a beast, and he just he's a deer killing machine is what he is. And he's got um, so many years worth of knowledge, and, and he's able to, to use YouTube and other platforms to get that out there to guys. And, and when I found him, I realized that, hey, you know, this guy hunts – you know, we, we have a lot in common, but he's surpassed me by 40 years or whatever, you know. And so I really dove into what he was teaching and adopted his style of hunting um, throughout the mobile process. And and I'll tell you what, man, that, that one thing right there has made probably one of the biggest differences in the way I hunt and, and some of the success I've had over the years. And I can't say enough about that. Yeah, you know, I think it's good to have people in your life that you can that you can model after. I mean, that's... Honestly, that's any aspect of life. If you're not willing to learn from somebody else, then you're probably not going to be nothing, you know, in anything that you do. But, um, you know, with what we do with deer hunting, it is just, it, it, it is kind of at some point, it is a spectator sport. If you want to be good at it, you've got to be a spectator at some point and watch how the people are doing it that are consistently getting it done. And, and Warren, Warren Womack is a, is a classic example. I was telling Michael today while we were out on the kayaks, we were just talking about podcasting and stuff and i was like man i think i've heard warren womack on 12 podcasts by now because everybody just wants <laughs> to soak up his knowledge because he's so smart with his his uh his his climbing method you know those different methods that youtube video that's how i found him you know i was looking for different climbing methods i was like there's got to be something a little bit easier than lugging around all of these sticks and this big stand you know on public land and that's when i run across him uh, I thought that was a great video going through all of those different ways you could climb a tree. Yeah, and be mobile. Man, yeah. that's, that's awesome. I, absolutely. Yeah, that was a that was a huge video right there for me. It was kind of an eye-opening experience. And, you know, I grew up hunting public land in central Alabama. And as you guys know, it was kind of the deal where you, you park at a gate and you may walk a mile or two. And uh, I had a buddy teach me how to do that. And, and man, that's how I cut my teeth. And, um so actually I started the mobile hunting thing a long time ago, but you know, it changed, it changed throughout the years. And, and when I got uh, with Mr. Womack, you know, it really changed a lot. Yeah, I, I can imagine he's a, he's definitely a, a different, it's a different style, you know, and I think, I think that's why I felt like you'd be a great guest on this show too, is because we have a lot of people who are just just like that? They're, we're we're average guys, working class guys. Um, we don't have you know thousands and thousands of dollars to spend on on a nice place to hunt and um, and, and be able to kill deer consistently, you know. And so we've got to figure out a way to make it work on on public land. And we're you know we're huge advocates for public land on this show. Southern ground is, and we both do it. Me and Michael both do it. Um, Blake, who is the the normal co-host, he does it um, because we believe in it. We believe that uh, there are ways to do it. It's a fun challenge, um, but I think I think it also helps you relate to um, to the the normal guy, the normal deer hunting guy. And so that's why, man. I mean, I've said it a couple of times, but that's I feel like you're a great person to hear from. Obviously, Warren's a, a good person, but. Um, I think, you know, uh, this, this podcast is just to give people a platform, people that I feel like have something to say and something that we can all learn from, 
And, you know, maybe there's somebody who hasn't ever heard of Sawbriar Outdoors. Um, this is a great opportunity for them to be able to learn from some of the things that you've learned as well. And, uh, and, and the biggest thing though, that I wanted to talk to you about that I feel like, man, you bring so much to the table is filming your hunts. And now that is a, that's a vague, (laughs) that's a broad subject. You know, there's (laughs) so many things that, you know, some people say, oh yeah, I film my hunts and they have a GoPro. That's fine. That's great. Whatever floats your boat. Um, really, I mean, it's, it's, it's all up to the person you're filming for whatever you want to film for. If it, if it's to be rich and famous, probably don't use GoPro, you know, (laughs) don't, don't just have a GoPro shot, but if you're just wanting to make memories, that's fine. Um, but I feel like, man, that, that you, Ben, you bring something to the table in the filming aspect and I want to really, really dive into that today. Does that sound good? That sounds great. Awesome. Awesome. I'm me and me and Michael are, uh, just now kind of getting into the, the filming of your hunts kind of realm. And so, you know, if nobody else gets anything out of this, I'm, I'm planning to, so I'm, I'm taking notes. (laughs) So, um, so I just want to start it out, man, talking about filming. Um, you know, obviously everybody has to have a reason why they started doing it in the first place. So that's just the first question I want to open with on the subject of filming your hunt. Why did you start doing it in the first place? All right. Well, um, I'll answer that one for you and it's probably going to be kind of a long answer. Um, but the reason I first started, uh, initially was I started keeping a journal a few years ago, um, just kind of a journal of my hunts and, and you know, what transpired and that sort of thing. And it got to the point where I was falling behind on my journal. You know, it was hard to keep up. And the whole reason I wanted to do that is kind of going back to that, those memories, you know, I want my kids and, and hopefully grandkids one day to be able to have something to go back and, and read and, Oh man, it, I feel like it would have a, a sentimental value down the road, uh, just like it would for me if if my grandfather or whatever had left something behind for me, like that. And so that's initially what I thought. You know, hey, instead of keeping the journal, what if I just start filming it? You know, I kind of always wanted to do it anyway. You know, I think everybody kind of kicks it around. Um, and I didn't know exactly what I was getting into at first, but so that's. The, uh, the initial reason I started, and then I started thinking about, like I said, you know, the Lord's blessed me and put all these people in my path that have taught me things along the way. And what if those people hadn't taught me those things? So here I am, you know, being a hunter and, you know, seeing some success and, you know, I'm, I'm keeping it a secret. The things I'm doing, I'm keeping a secret from the next guy because, you know, and now I realize that, hey, that's not right. You know, what if the guys that have taught me things along the way, weren't willing to share that information. You know, those other guys that have helped me along the way. And I realized, Hey, it's, it's time to pass that on, you know, and we live in an age where, you know, information is so readily available now versus like when I first started, I was you know, reading books and watching VHS, you know, <laughs> and now with a podcast, Oh my gosh, you can learn so much, you know, or, or a hunting video on YouTube or whatever it may be. So, I thought, well, hey, while I'm doing this, you know, documenting this stuff for my family, why don't I put it out there and hopefully, you know, take a, a kid or, or somebody that's getting into hunting and, and show them that, hey, if you if you do some of these things or, or whatnot, it, it can help you be more successful out there. Just like you said, you know, it it seems to be nowadays where if you don't have a pile of money, then you can't be successful hunting. And that's just not the truth, you know, yeah. it's not. And 
once you learn, you know, enough about it, you can take those principles and those theories, if you will, and implement them and you can be successful hunting anywhere. I feel like. And so I, I guess it started with the memory thing for my kids and then it's starting to transpire into more of a, um, here's how you can do it yourself thing. And, you know, I'm, I didn't set out to, to become famous or make a bunch of money or anything like that. You know, I simply just want to encourage uh, the young guys, young kids out there to get into hunting or, or maybe it's a guy that used to hunt and he's gotten out of it and wants to get back in it. And, you know, I get a lot of comments like that on YouTube of, hey, man, you've inspired me to dig out my old bow or, you know, get my rifle out and let's go hunting again. I hadn't been in 20 years. To me, that's uh, I'll that's be cool. honest. Uh, I asked my dad if he still had his bow after watching it. And uh, <laughs> I wasn't fortunate enough for him to still have it. Um, but I at least made the attempt. I was like, hey, I was like, I'd really like to have your bow. I was like, do you still have that bow anywhere or, you know, put away? And he said, no. He said, I think I gave it to your cousin. So um, so I no longer uh, have that dream. <laughs> he kind of shot that one down. <laughs> but, well, hey, you know, <laughs> It was ben, worth a shot, right? <laughs> ben, at the end of the day, man, at least you inspired Michael. <laughs> Hey, that's it, man. That's worth it right there. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, I'm serious. I mean, the kids, yeah, there's so many kids nowadays that just, you know, they're not getting into hunting. I think the hunting numbers are are declining, or that's what they say. And, you know, I think there's things like woodsmanship that's just a lost art. And uh, that's kind of what I want to bring back and, and teach other people. And I just didn't really enjoy that part of it. Yeah, and that's a that's a good thing to talk about too because um, Ben, me and you were talking about this in our first ever conversation on the phone about how do uh, how how do content creators like like we are and like you are how do we change what we do to not be um, to not be necessarily so inclusive for people who are already hunting but instead be more of an attempt to try to recruit more hunters how do we do that and still put out a good product and that's something you know i don't know that i don't know that it's uh it's an easy answer there's not a it's not a one it's not a, a one fix thing you know and we were talking me and michael were talking today about it like you know when you think about it the the generation the youngest generation which i think is actually is called the connectors generation and the reason they're called that okay the reason they're called that is because there has never been a life, a time in their life, when they weren't connected to everyone in the world at, at their fingertips, mm. which is social media and things like that. They were born into that. So how do you make that work with woodsmanship where you're literally being disconnecting yourself from all of everybody and, and doing it on purpose? Does that make sense? It does. And I, and like, like you said, there's no easy answer. And I think that maybe the answer is that it's not disconnecting. Maybe it's, it's using platform media platforms to help connect them to the outdoors. And, um, you know, that's like you said, that's a puzzle we all have to figure out, but it's an important thing. It's important to me and it should be important to every hunter. And, you know, I think that, you know, kids nowadays, they're, they're not, they're not interested in maybe some of the hunting tactics and sort of thing. And I'm going to tell you from a kid's standpoint, it doesn't sound fun to go sit in a tree for 
10 hours or whatever, you know, that's, <laughs> yeah. that sounds like they could find yeah, something hey, better. Hey, come over do. here and sit still and be quiet for about four that's hours right. and you can't have your phone, you know, or Wi-Fi. <laughs> that's right. Don't <laughs> it's move. like torture. <laughs> yes, that doesn't sound like fun. So we've got to figure out ways that, and, and we both know that it's not, it's not like that all the time. Yeah. There's those days where you do have to, you know, sit for 10 hours or whatever, but a lot of times that's not the case. And, I think kids still want adventure. We just have to figure out a way to for that adventure to be in the outdoors. Absolutely. You know, I see I see so much um, kids, not kids. I say kids, and I sound like an old man when I say kids these days. But <laughs> I know I feel the same uh, way. Here's the thing, man. It's grown, but adults that are doing it too. So it's sure. that are sitting, you know, in their in their reclining chair playing video games all day. And I don't have anything against video games. But what it is, is it's virtual adventure, you know, like for me and for you and for, for guys like us, we're able to go and have an adventure in real life, you know, and I feel like if we could inspire that in kids and truly inspire it, um, then I don't think we're going to have this problem forever if we can do it. Now, that's the question. Can we do it? Um, and I think guys like you are doing it. Uh, I'll be honest with you. That's why. Um it's it's so important, you know, to, to do things like this. It's hard to film your hunts. It's not easy. It's not an easy thing. But if you want to inspire the next generation of hunters, you've got to get on that level. And and I think you've done a very good job of it. And um and and, and I'm proud to to have you on the show to talk about it. And I, you know, I I want to go ahead and, and dive into this real quick. Um, since we're on the subject of social media, for you, Ben, have you noticed like a is it difficult to create content video content in the day and age where everybody and their dog can see the stuff that you're putting on the internet and what i mean by that is like anti-hunters and people who who you know are have zero place in their heart for people like you and me is it (laughs) has it pretended has it has it caused any challenges for you as a content creator um yes and no i think if you let it it really will um, I mean, I guess what, what's hard to understand is, you know, living in the South, we don't see, you know, there's a lot of people in this world that are a whole lot different than we are. And, you know, you don't, people in the South pretty much accept hunting, you know, as a general rule, but in other parts of the world, that's not the case. And, and i tell you, there's some crazy people out there. I mean, just putting, <laughs> putting videos on YouTube, man, you wouldn't imagine the, the comments that I go on and delete. And it's, I mean, like death threat type stuff. People tell me they hope I die. Uh, you know, just it's ridiculous. That's um, that's crazy. I mean, yeah, all of our ancestors at one point died. Well, you know, we're hunters. And yeah. Hunters. I mean, yeah. It's, it's you know ingrained in us. And and here's the here's yes. the thing. Like, um, you know, I was I was I was on some Facebook thread earlier this week, and we were talking about, you know posting pictures of your kills on, on the internet and stuff. And I don't want to harp on that for too long. It, it has been run through the mud lately. The, the whole idea of should you post pictures on the internet of dead deer? And the fact of the matter is, is the cavemen, that's all we have to go by, by what they did is by the stuff that they wrote on the caves, the stuff that they wrote (laughs) on the walls in the caves. That was their medium. That was their Facebook was the caves. That's true. And that's how they show, showed everybody who came in that cave what they did. 
and and it's just different for us now. I mean, it's the same. It's just a different medium of communication that we have now. And so so the answer to me is is absolutely not. You should still you should be able to show who you are in the lifestyle that you live, but we have to be tactful about how we do it. And and, and I think that that's a that's a, a good talking point for any conversation. How do you be tactful in doing that, you know? Absolutely. That's right. And and to Michael's point, you know, the, the people that make those comments and, and replies and that sort of thing, they wouldn't be here if it weren't for honey. You know, the whole ancestor thing. I mean, seriously, there's very good chance that their ancestors were hunters. And so I don't see why people can't understand that. But But Parker, to your point, you know, I think that we do have to be um, a little bit tactful on on what we put out as hunters. And and here's what I mean uh, exactly. What I don't like to see is somebody that, you know, is a hunter or whatever, and they post a picture of a deer that's walking around with an arrow hanging out of it or wounded or something. Come on, guys, you know, Mm -hmm. we we don't have to put that out there. You're just you're throwing gas on the fire. And I don't like to see that. I'm not going to, you know, harp on who's putting what or any of that kind of stuff out there. But I think we, you know, I know myself and I'm sure you guys, we do our best to become a proficient shot at whatever weapon we choose, whether that's a, you know, a bow and arrow or whatever. I don't care. Um, But I'm going to practice my butt off until I get to the point where I know I can be, uh, make ethical kills. And I feel like I owe it to to the animal and I owe it to myself to do that and I owe it to hunting to do that. And when, when people get out there and they put stuff in, you know, on YouTube or Instagram or wherever, you know, some deer walking around with air sticking out of its head, that just makes everybody look bad. And and I just don't see the the point in that. And I guess they're trying to do it to get likes or shares or whatever it is, but you know, come on guys. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's a problem. And here's the thing is, you know, as well as I do. And, it, probably most of our listeners know this as well. You don't see those very much, but you remember the times that you did see them, and so does right. so do the people. So do the people that that are against it. So I just think you know we can be we can be mindful of it, and um, and you been uh, specifically talking about that video of of the doe that you killed. Um, I want to go mm-hmm. back to that the doe you killed with your old bow. Um, you. On that video, it had a it had a graphic content warning on it that you yes. put in. It wasn't a, it wasn't like a YouTube sensitive content blocker or anything like that. It was something that you put in the title. And and here's the the truth is is that it wasn't even it wasn't even graphic content. You know, for a lot of people, you shot the deer and it left a really good blood trail. But That's what right. I what I appreciated about that is is you you were being above reproach right there. You were giving no chance for somebody to say. I can't believe you'd show that video of that helpless Bambi squirting blood out everywhere. You know what they would what what they would potentially say. Um, you were giving them that warning before they even got to it, and I thought that was great. Uh, guys, we're not talking about like cowering down to anybody. We're not no. talking about being, um, you know, being. I don't, there's there's words to use, but they're crude, so I'm not going to use them. But we're not talking about being pansies, basically. Um, we're just simply saying be be respectful of people around you in anything that you do. Yeah, you I know? think you put a I think you put it good to begin with. You know, be yourself. 
but be mindful of others, you know, you know, still be yourself, but, you know, just approach it in a way that you think would, you know, be necessary. Yeah. I have to ask you though, Ben, did you, um, even with that graphic content warning, did you still get those negative comments on it? Yes. And actually I believe it was worse. I think people anti-hunters or something search graphic. I mean, I I really do because it's like it attracted just all kind of hate stuff. And there's a couple of reasons why I think, you know, the graphic part of it, which, you know, it was a humane kill, you know, the animal, the deer crashed, you know, probably 15 seconds after I shot it and all that. It was great. It was just a big blood trail. But, um, at the end of the video, you know, I'm doing my little wrap up and everything and I'm holding the deer by the head and I guess I was moving my hand and it makes the deer kind of seem like it's alive, I guess. I didn't really notice it at the Mm. time. People started commenting like, Hey, it's still alive or something. I'm like, what? No, it's not alive. That's a new one to you, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Are you kidding me? (laughs) But, but, uh, yeah. So, you know, they jumped all over that and whatever I had to put on there that no, it's, it's not alive, but Um, I guess I, I guess I I don't remember the initial question, but I don't want to change who I am, you know, and, and deer hunting is any kind of hunting. I mean, we go out there with the intention to kill something and and something's going to die. And I don't want to try to cover that up. You know, it is what it is. and We all enjoy that. But, you know, same time, we have to be a little bit respectful, you know, of what we put out there and, some people get too far into that, you know, as far as, you know, what kind of picture they post and that sort of thing. And I'm going to try to keep it as real as possible, but I'm not going to do something that I just know is going to stir up a bunch of mess and make hunters look bad. Absolutely. And I think that's respectable. And, and if somebody doesn't respect that more than likely, they just have a problem with hunting altogether. And, and that's okay. You know, that yeah, well, fine. that's, that's actually the great question. I say, it's okay. It's okay for me. But that is the great question. Is it actually okay? Um, and so kind of to end that conversation, uh, I just challenge listeners to think about it for yourself. I think you. I think there's multiple answers to that. Is it okay to be okay with anti-hunters not liking you? Or is there more that we can do? I think there's more that we can do, but um, it's, it's kind of an <laughs> unanswerable question. You can't just answer it with one giant you know stroke that's just can't that's right and you know that's that's pretty deep pretty deep topic you know but like i said i'm gonna keep doing my thing and they don't want to watch it and hey that's fine but i don't understand why if they don't want to watch it why do they search it out just to make a comment (laughs) why do they watch it (laughs) uh, i heard something yesterday and it was uh michael jordan and charles barkley and uh basically it was charles barkley didn't understand uh you know why everybody didn't like him for telling it like it was and he said uh basically that uh this was what i'd heard from my uncle so if i get this story messed up you know it's my fault but (laughs) basically he was like you know the reporters come to me to my house and then ask me the questions and he said you know you come into my house and ask me i'm you know gonna tell you like it is like you know (laughs) i think it is and uh he said, you know, why are you going to be mad at me for, you know, for telling it like it is when you're coming to me and yeah. asking me the questions? Yeah. He said, it's not like I'm going and searching you out and, you know, and, and doing it that way. He said, everybody's coming to me. So he said, I don't see why everybody has a problem with it. 
So I'll be honest yeah. with you. You were telling that story, and I thought there was like going to be a punchline. I thought you were telling a joke. Like I thought you like like Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley walk into a bar. <laughs> no, it was just a casual conversation. Just, Nothing just, great. I was waiting. I was like, okay, so when does like the joke come in? Um, but that's okay. That's okay because I do want to go into something that's a little more fun to talk about, and that yeah. is gear, like filming gear. Um, All right. This yeah, I is kind of derailed your your filming question earlier. I'm sorry. Oh no, you didn't. No, absolutely not. Because that was. That that all goes with it, man. I and I really do believe that. But um, I know for me, I spend most of my days looking at Amazon for good deals on camera equipment. So <laughs> I know I'm not the only one. I know there's got to be other people that are like me. So Ben, I'm going to ask you what is what is some of the gear that you're using right now to film? Oh man, that one's uh that one's kind of tough too, and it's you know it's a moving target. Um, you start out with something and then you say, oh, well, you know, I need to get this other, you know, accessory or whatever. And that, that changes a lot. Um, but I wanted to try to keep it simple and try to keep it compact because like I said, I I do a lot of mobile hunting and, you know, (laughs) mobile hunting, you do all you can to shed weight. And now we're adding, you know, 20 pounds on top of it. So it's, it's kind of, yeah, it doesn't really make sense, but I tried to keep it compact and I went with a, uh, a Canon Vixia G40, uh, which is a, you know, a good camera and it's uh, kind of compact. So that worked out really well for me. And I tell you, if you're just looking to get into to video and stuff, um, one of the reasons I went with that camera or an, a bigger camera is, you know, some of the small camcorder type cameras can take really good HD picture, but in a hunting situation, you have to be able to focus, manually focus a lot of times. And that can be really tricky because let's just say you're hunting in the woods and a deer comes up and there's a tree between you and him or or some limbs maybe between you and the deer. Well, a a regular digital camcorder is going to focus on whatever that closest object is. So the deer's blurry, but you know, these white oak leaves sure do look good. (laughs) So, so that was a, that was a big deal. I needed to be able to um, focus, you know, through the brush and that's for deer or turkey or whatever. So I want something with that manual focus ring. And when you do that, that kind of jumps you up and, and cameras a pretty good bit. Um, and that's kind of your initial investment, you know? Um, and then you've got to get, you know, that's just the starting point. Yeah. Um, that's your initial, <laughs> initial is the key word, initial investment. That I call them, right. I call them investments to my wife too. These are investments, baby. into <laughs> into memories <laughs> yeah that's right just for the kids for the kids the remember all this is for that's the right, kids for the kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh <laughs> that's right uh, good point but no it's uh the gear list man it continues to grow um you know some other things you may kind of run through like the whole deal or yeah yeah you can just run through like just some of the stuff that's pretty important to you okay all right, so if you're going to be hunting out of a tree stand, uh, deer hunting, you're going to need a, a good camera arm. And I went with a fourth era camera arm, and I really like it. I think it's a good product, and it's made out of aluminum, so it's pretty light. Um, and then you're going to need a good fluid head. And basically that's a, a head that attaches your camera to either a tripod or a camera arm that allows you to pan uh, and tilt with real fluid movements. Um, if you get just a you know, some of the cheaper camera arms or, or just the standard head that comes on a tripod, you're going to get that jerky poppy movement in your camera. And that, 
you know, it really takes away from some of the footage. So a good fluid head, a camera arm, and a microphone. You're going to need an external microphone. And I would encourage anybody that's getting into it to really read the specs on what they've got and what they need because the first uh, external microphone I bought did not work with my camera. So <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, some, some of that investment kind of went out the window right there. So, But, no, it's uh, just, you know, pay attention to the specs and match all that up. And, you know, of course, you're going to have get some big SD cards uh, with all the HD video that you'll be, you'll be taking. And you'll also realize that, you know, you'll get – just hundreds of minutes of footage and you wind up using just a fraction of it. So it's a lot of data. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. I've, I have encountered that plenty of times. I'm like, Oh, this 32 gig card will work. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> It'll work for just a little bit. Yeah. For a minute yeah. until you forget to stop recording and then you all of a sudden have no footage and get a, get a bag full of batteries. Yeah. Bag, yes. bag full of batteries. So one <laughs> thing, right. One thing, you know, I've I'm I've been in this position this year. So all in the last year, I've been picking up things. You know, I, I actually did. I bought a fourth era camera arm. I got the carbon arm, and oh, cool. and a uh, I can't even remember the brand of fluid head that I got. But um, just for listeners, if you're writing this down or if you're kind of coming up with the things that you need as well. Um, you know, there are really good brands on Amazon. Like if you, if you're anything like me, I know a lot of people, a lot of times it can get overwhelming. Like I'm going to have to go to this website and get this and this website and get this. Most of these people are, are using Amazon to, to sell their products as well. So check out Amazon, put your cart together. Um, if check, you check out YouTube, because a lot of yeah. times they'll do reviews and have the link to the Amazon, you know, deal. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, and uh, sorry, just give me one second. Somebody just tried to call me. And it didn't mm-hmm. know we were in the middle of podcasting. Yeah, I didn't know we were in the middle of podcasting. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, Amazon is uh, that's where I spend a lot of time on. And I agree with you, Mike. It's beneficial to go on YouTube and check check all these places for. Yeah, I found some really good deals. The tripod we use for the uh, for the GoPros. Yep. Yeah. You know, it what was it like 20 bucks 20 bucks on there and it's a great tripod yeah and and there was a lot more expensive ones Mm -hmm. and i was looking for a cheaper option went through looked for reviews found that link yeah hey it works awesome so so ben um do you happen to know what kind of fluid head you got um uh the name brand is a manfrotto okay yeah i I cannot remember the model number um but it's, it's a good one it it uh it does really well for me i I think i'd got one of the lightest ones that you could get uh, or that i could find at the time that's awesome Um, i need to get that's another thing it's yeah trying to trying to trim weight where you can uh and then you know like you said about amazon i think i got my light off amazon which is Mm -hmm. great great light well halfway through the season i upgraded my light so it got a lot better um i realized my initial light was not going to work and so i got me a better light and it was still you know Twenty thirty dollars, so it wasn't wasn't real bad, you know, compared to some of the other stuff. Yeah, and um, just for anybody who does not know this, uh, we were talking about Fourth Arrow camera arms. Um, they actually do have a, f- a Fourth Arrow fluid head that you can get a combo. Um, now that is only on their website. You cannot get that on Amazon. I know because I just did it last week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, 
but they have a they have a pretty lightweight fluid head as well that's out. I don't know if it was out whenever you bought yours, Ben, but it looked like a pretty no, sweet setup. Yeah, Campbell Cameras has a pretty good. They do little setups like a uh, combination. I actually went through and just mimicked what they had in their packages. Yes, yeah. you know, check to see if I could find a, a better deal. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'll buy right. some stuff from them, but <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they do a good job of putting packages together. I really like. Yeah, yeah, I really like great. that. If, if you want to get a turnkey package, you know that's probably right. the way to go. I'd do installments, <laughs> so <laughs> instead, <laughs> instead of doing one, one large, uh, one large chunk of change, I had the <laughs> pennies here and pennies there and piece yeah. it together. That's, yeah, um, that's more more budget friendly approach. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And a lot of times, I've found I don't know if you would agree, Ben or Mike. I found that you can you find like those Campbell cameras. Uh, I've actually did that for my camera setup. I went and found a good setup on there and then I just kind of dissected it and I went and, uh, I found YouTube reviews of this product. Well, is there a cheaper product that works just as good? And more more than likely there's going to be a YouTuber somewhere that has found something cheaper that works Mm -hmm. just as good. And, um, you know, for a guy on a budget, if you got no, if you got no budget and you're just loaded, just go on Campbell cameras and buy one of their packages. Like, like don't even, don't even put in the research really. Uh, they do a good job. Right. And, but if you're not, then which most of us are not. Yeah. You <laughs> we're, know? we're the average guys. So tell me this, uh, how do you keep so cool? You know, when you're filming, cause I can just picture myself, you know, like I just don't see myself being that patient with, you know, with a huge buck coming my way and it looks like you're i mean if i didn't know any better i would have thought somebody else was filming it for you and they had the steadiest hand in the world like i just can't imagine (laughs) doing all of it in the tree you know you got this huge buck coming by and then you're sitting here one hand you know panning and then drawing back your bow you know got the bow with the other hand like how do you how do you you know keep your composure Man, that's really tough. And I'll be honest, uh, it kind of goes back to, I guess, my advice for you guys or anybody that's getting into filming. And, and it, you know, you're going to have some situations where a deer gets by you. You know, you're going to miss out on some kills. And, and guys that I talked to before I got into it um, told me that. And they were right. <laughs> um, you're going to miss out some opportunities. But even more so, I think you need to, for me, I guess I was always interested in filming, but I knew that I was more worried about the kill. And then when it came time or when it, when it came to the time where it was no more about, Hey, I've got to kill that deer regardless. And more about me wanting to experience the hunt and and share the hunt. That's when that really changed for me to the point where, Hey, I'm going to get this on camera. I've committed to this. I'll get the kill if I get the kill. So there's kind of a, a switch that flipped in me of, Instead of getting the kill, it was more about, you know, what I was trying to do than, than just kill the deer. That's funny that you say that because I was telling Parker earlier. I said, uh, I said I think I'd be fine with just filming, as long as I get my huge bankhead buck first. I said once I get that out <laughs> yeah. of the way, then, then it'll be easy selling from there on out. I'm gonna hold him to it, man. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because <laughs> I don't well, want him to film myself. I, I would rather him him come and help me film it. Like, yeah, that sounds great. Well, I mean, it, I just I don't know. I just hit that point in, in hunting where I, I just wanted to 
I wanted that different challenge and I committed to it. And I tell you, I did. Um, I lost a big deer last year that, yeah, he's probably poking young deer that just got by me. And if it hadn't been for the camera, I would have killed it, you know. And that was tough. I mean, I didn't, <laughs> I wanted to throw up after that one. <laughs> what do you do to stay committed to it? Does that make sense? Does that question make sense? Like, how do you tell yes. yourself that was worth it? Yes. Um, and that's really hard because when filming, you don't get the immediate, um, I guess, satisfaction that you do with, with just hunting. You know, I guess you get the satisfaction later on. All right, here's here's the way I'm going to explain it. And I say this about filming hunting. For me, it film self-filming yourself takes a little bit out of the hunt because you're worried about the camera and you're worried about all the stuff instead of focusing on the hunt, but it adds that back plus more down the road. So like six months goes by and you edit the footage and you, you have it at your disposal that you can show your buddies or whatever, you know, all that kind of comes back full circle. Does that make sense? So you get to kind of relive that moment multiple times with different people, I guess. Absolutely. So all those memories that, all three of us have of man you remember that time that such and such whatever well now you've got that forever as long as you don't delete it or something you've got that forever that you can rewatch or, or show your buddies or whatever so it all kind of comes back but you've got to commit up front to you're going to lose something one way or another you're either going to miss out on killing that particular deer you know in a situation or you're going to miss out on the footage and i made the commitment that i was going to miss out on the deer and I think that's a real hard, um, that's a real hard decision to make if you're going to get into self-image. Yeah, and I and, actually heard somebody. Uh, I'm trying to think. I think it was actually Greg Godfrey. Uh, he did a video on YouTube not too long ago. It was about self-filming, and the first thing he said was, "Is um, don't self-film." <laughs> like, that was his first piece of advice. If you want to, if you want to self-film stop just don't do it because it's going to be very hard on you um, yes it, you hardest know. thing i've ever done so if you're if your focus is killing big deer all the time maybe filming it in for you maybe finding somebody that'll film you is the <laughs> is the best idea you know but um but man i'm i'm like you and i think michael's like you and i think a lot of guys are just like you in that um the experience is what what really does it for us. That's what I'm, that's what I look forward to talking about. Uh, I used to tell my dad, uh, when something bad would happen during the deer season, which we've had plenty of those things, just little stupid things that happen that throw you off. It's like, you know what? Everything for the picture though. (laughs) Like, yeah, like I take a picture of everything that happens because it's like, Hey, we got a story now. Nobody will believe it until we show them the picture. Right. So let me ask you this. Um, Sure. So a few years back, me and my dad and my brother, we, we all went on a uh, hunting trip and we did a video late at night. We were all cutting up and laughing. Do you do any extra video like, you know, just around the campfires and stuff like that for memories? Or is it mostly just the hunting or do you do, you do other parts, other you know parts of the hunting process, I guess? Um, not as much as I would like. You know, I guess when I get, I get done hunting for the day, I... I'm ready to be done with that camera, right? But uh, uh, because it does get old. But no, I would like to do more, more of that kind of stuff. You know, like you said, for the memory, the memory building part of it. And you know, there's a lot of stuff that I've captured that 
you know, hadn't made it to YouTube and some of it may not ever make it there. That's, you know, either personal or I just didn't like the way it turned out or whatever. Right. Do you, um, uh, do you get out back? I mean, have you filmed like, you know, has somebody filmed like maybe your wife or something film you and the kids shooting the bow or anything like that? No, but that's a, that's a really good point. I need to do that. Yeah. Um, I've got, uh, my, my wife actually helped me film, uh, a couple of things and, she got pretty frustrated because that, I mean, that's another thing. It's not just a, <laughs> not just a one take deal, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's awesome. So, yeah. She's like, you're killing me. <laughs> I can imagine my wife is not very, a very soft spoken woman. So like when she gets frustrated about things, it's, I know she'll probably listen to this for some reason. I always let her listen to the episodes that I talk about her in. <laughs> But she's not silent whenever she's mad. Like when she gets mad on the road or when she's driving, I can imagine trying to film me hunt and me just like, hey, refilm that. Hey, redo that. Hey, let's redo this again. Man, yes. you're Take a brave man for even letting that happen. Well, I've got a good wife. I'll tell you that. She puts up with a lot. Well, hey, I do yeah. too. I do. I wasn't saying that now. Come on now. Put well, words, put that. words in my mouth, brother. I'm sorry. I didn't mean like, I'm sure you did too. Uh, <laughs> well, man. Just wait till you start editing. That's when it gets real fun. <laughs> let's, let's edit together. Oh, yeah. a, a, a husband who edits with his wife. What is it? <laughs> a couple who edits together stays together. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Ben, man, I've really, really enjoyed this conversation, but we are um, right at the end of time. We're right on an hour. So, um, man, do you have anything else that if you could close with the most inspirational statement, what would you say, Ben? No pressure. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, no pressure. Um, My statement would be for um, guys like us, maybe that have kids, is to get them involved in the outdoors whether that be hunting, fishing, uh, Boy Scouts or 4-H or, or whatever. You know, I was involved in those programs growing up, and that, I think that really helped me along the way. And, and you know, just get your kids outside and pass on the traditions that have been taught to us and, and don't be afraid to, to share your knowledge with other people because, you know, it makes other people better. And if it weren't for other guys sharing, we wouldn't be where we are. And I think I can probably say that for all of us. Oh man, oh, that's oh boy, what a great, what a great interview from Mr. Ben Davis. I love when you do that voice. <laughs> that was more of he my. He did it at the uh, drive-in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Zaxby's. Dude. Zaxby's man, is was, perfect. He was flaming. <laughs> I mean, he was on fire. <laughs> Zaxby's so is perfect. So this is how we should. This is how we, this segue should have been. Is. That was just a really good interview from Mr. Ben Davis. <laughs> what did you guys think? What did you think, Blake? Super enjoyable. It was really great. How about you, Mike? What did you think about that? I don't know what to think right now. <laughs> <laughs> you sound just like Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, I know it. Somebody told me at a conference once that I reminded them of Zach Galifianakis, and I was like... <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a compliment. Yeah, it was one of those but like... You do now. You do. Yeah. I, do I, I like that? <laughs> <laughs> On the sexy scale, I don't know that I necessarily like it. <laughs> On the likability and bringing joy to the world, yeah, stuff like that. I like it yeah. a lot, you know. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, that was that was a lot of fun talking to Ben. He is a great representation of what hunting should look like in the South. 
I yeah, think. I totally agree. You know, it's it's a different style out here. Everybody who pretty much everybody who listens to this podcast knows it's a different style of hunting out here. Ben has it figured out and he's also got it figured out how to make it enjoyable for others to watch and I just really respect that. So, um, do you guys have any any closing thoughts on this? Mike? Mm. Nothing. Nothing from Mike. Can't believe it. What if I asked you to talk about deer beds for five minutes? Could you do that? <laughs> yeah, I could. I could give you about thirty things after okay. we do the interview. But <laughs> up until the interview, I don't really know what we're where we're going with this. So. We're just trying to end the show. Yeah, I, I, I understand. He's a podcast noob. <laughs> He's a newbie. <laughs> what do you think, Blake? You got any closing thoughts, man? Oh, man, uh, just we were talking about sixty days till. Till the season kicks Ooh, off, yeah. right? So, I, yes, sir. I, what I've been thinking—I mean, I've been thinking about hunting, obviously, like getting out in the woods. But, dude, I've been thinking about what we're gonna eat opening day. <laughs> what am I gonna cook? And I, so, I got two back straps or two like parts of back straps in my freezer. And uh, man, I think I'm gonna like bring my grill wherever we're at. I don't Shoot care. Yeah, we're gonna grill those puppies, and it's gonna be good. That'd be sweet. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna say I get that way. I got a lot of deer meat. Just I got send I mean, it on I've over. Got homie. a ton of it. <laughs> I need to bring some of it. Mike's house is a land full of milk and honey. Yeah, <laughs> mine was mine was a little skinny this year, but yeah. that's okay. That's all right. That's all right. Yeah. I gave a lot away. I shouldn't have. Anyway, we're done. We're done with this podcast, you guys. Make sure to go follow us on social media on Facebook and Instagram. On Instagram, for some reason, I decided it would be cool to make the name super goofy and hard to remember, (laughs) but it is Southern Ground, S-T-H-R-N-G-R-O-U-N-D, so... You're just a hipster, bro. Yeah, I just just wanted to be... complicated. (laughs) I just wanted to be different, you know? I just wanted to be different. (laughs) You got that down, bro. So go follow us on those. You're going to see some fun content that we're going to be releasing. Um, today, we we filmed this scouting trip for our Southern Ground vlog. Now, what you cannot do, what you should not do, is go and subscribe to Southern Ground's YouTube channel. We have it because it's got some stuff on there um, that I'm not really willing to let go of yet. But what we have done is we have merged our vlogs with... Um, Dan Johnson and Nine Finger Finger Chronicles. We've merged the two vlogs together, and it's one channel, and that is the Sportsman's Nation YouTube channel. So go there and subscribe, and you'll get a bunch of cool content. We're going to be releasing these vlogs, scouting, fishing, and in 60 days, we will start posting some hunting vlogs, which will be a blast, and hopefully we'll get a lot of cool kills on camera. How'd you like that? Cool kills on camera. Perfect, man. It's It's almost like you practiced it. It's a good alliteration. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, remember, guys, God gave us dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So make sure you go out and exercise that dominion. Until next time, this has been Southern Ground. You guys have a great week. Talk to you next time.